Welcome to SBL Perspectives. I'm Jack Mitchell, along with John Bricado. You're seeing John Bricado, and we're here with another episode. Campbell, 2022, John, are you are you excited as I am about this year? Yeah, I mean, if the last few days are any kind of precursor to the rest of this budget season, I mean, I think yeah. we're we're that's what for, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. got, hopefully gone are the days of just the constant struggle and horse trading and back and forth. I mean, I, with the governor's proposal coming out, it looks yep. like blue skies moving forward. That's exactly why I should, and that's exactly why this is a great timely episode for our listeners. You know, I'll let you get into who's going to be on. Yeah, today we have uh, Dr. Andrew Van Elstein and Tom Tatum, both with ASBO New York. Uh, Andrew is the Director of Education and Research, and Tom is the Director of Government Relations. So we thought it timely to bring them both on with the budget season really ramping up at the state level to help you, the listeners, kind of develop your budgets locally at your districts. And here's our interview with Andrew and Tom. Today in the podcast, we have Andrew Van Alstein, Director of Education and Research, and Tom Tatum, Director of Government Relations, both at ASBO New York. Welcome, gentlemen. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Hey, guys. Thank how you. are you doing? Good to be here. By the uh, way, it's Dr. Andrew Van Alstein, because I know the hard work it takes, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. How are you guys doing? And your, how was your breaks and everything? Good? Very good. Excited to be back well, in budget season. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, we'll catch you, I know, at a real, the precipice of a real busy season. I know yesterday, Kathy Hochul came out, the governor, Kathy Hochul, came out um, with our state run. So you guys have been spending with that. How, how's this been so far? It's, it's been it's been good. This has been the first budget season in a long time. I think that education groups haven't been filled with dread and foreboding. So this is, uh, you know, a nice, nice break from that pattern. A nice reprieve. Great, great. All right. So what I want to do is I want folks out there, you know, our listeners may not know much about, you know, government relations as it relates to ASMA New York, right? And just the insight. So this is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you guys on and just kind of like break down things there. So our members can know and see how they can get involved and how helpful this this piece of ASL is. So if you can, maybe start us off, either one of you, you know, could you tell us a little bit about the government relations, right? And what type of stuff you guys do? Yeah. So government relations at ASBO, we're here basically to represent school business officials in all matters before the state legislature, uh, the governor's office, and uh, state ed department. Uh, we we look at all of the legislation that's pending before both houses, the, the regulations that are coming up, and we engage in, in conversations with policy makers to make sure that SBO's interests and school district's interests are being taken into consideration when decisions are being made on those policies. And to expand to that, Tom has also recently joined the ASBO International Government Relations Committee. So Tom is working with at the federal level as well to do those same kinds of things of advocating for school districts. You know, the federal policies, you know, education is primarily state regulated. But the federal policies that do exist have big impacts. So Tom is representing other members there as well. Yeah, that's been a really great experience, you know, working with SBOs from across the country to see, you know, how other states are dealing with federal policy changes and, and what New York could possibly learn from that. And I think that's a great lead into kind of our next question now that 
Tom, you're on the International Government Relations Board, but in general, what does ASBO in terms of their government entities, who do you typically interact with and how often are you interacting with them? You know, we had uh, John Yagelski on last week of ECB. So that's a, a kind of a perfect one-two punch to have him and then you guys on here. But could you speak to who you typically interact with and how often and what time of year? Yeah, so uh, prior to the executive budget coming out, which Jack said just came out yesterday, January 18th, we meet with the division of budget within you know agencies and as and we meet with you know secretary of education under secretary of education in the governor's office to discuss where they are headed with their executive budget proposal that has a tremendous impact on you know the framework for the enacted budget which comes out in april so we like to get in there november december to to be part of those conversations and we speak regularly with them as well as with education committee chairs, Assemblyman Benedetto and Senator Mayor. We speak with their offices pretty regularly as well. Nice. Um, and we have, we have regular calls with, um, uh, Andrew, you can hop in with that. Yeah, so Tom, one of our divisions, Tom and I work really well together, but so Tom handles much more the political dimensions of our advocacy and research efforts. And I'm more on the operational research and so i tom and i meet with sed regularly and then i sed you know numerous times a month depending on where we're at if there's new um, regulations coming out or if there's any new affecting school districts or if we're working on projects uh, or if districts have questions you know we we work with them to find answers so we're very close regular contact with sed as well yeah uh, so throughout the legislative session once the the budget is passed we're not we're not done meeting with policymakers on the political side. We have a, a much larger legislative agenda. So we're meeting with all of the committee members on you know, finance, ways and means committees, as well as education and, and local government as well sometimes. Well, then that begs my question. I guess this is kind of suiting here. What difficulties do you maybe sometimes encounter, right? You know, you're dealing with so many different entities um, and organizations, governments. You know, how do you navigate them? Like, I'm sure, I don't know if you're giving examples, but, you know, what are some of the difficulties you can encounter, you know, with them when you communicate with them? Well, you, you talked last week with John from ECB. ECB yes. is a fantastic um, coalition. Right? So the Education Conference Board represents all of the major stakeholder organizations. The relationships are very positive because we understand, and for two reasons. One, at the bottom line, we all have the same goal, right? We all Correct. have the same mission, which is, educating kids and that's something that drives everyone who's involved in this and i think that there's also an understanding of we as organizations represent our members um and so the members have their own points of view so we understand that you know this organization may take this side of, the, of, of a position of policy and we might be on this side but we're not well we might be disagreeing we're not adversarial about it because we understand that it makes sense for your organization to not agree with us on this. But we also really work to build consensus. And so I think ECB is an example. ECB produces not just the state, you know, their general school aid proposal, which comes out every year, but a lot of working groups and policies that are uh, necessary, right? So there's been uh, work on child nutrition, mental health in recent years. And th those, I think, speak to, again, where we start with, everyone wants that ultimate goal of doing what's best for the kids. Yeah, I think it's really 
important to note, like if, if I have a meeting with uh, Sarah Mayer's office on a, a specific policy, their first question always is where do the rest of the ECP members stand on this? You know, the policymakers are looking for that consensus to be reached kind of before it even gets to them. Because if, if we want something, but you know, the rest of the ECP doesn't, and they're vocally opposed to it, it's not likely that's going to happen. You know, ECB serves as a uh, validator for a lot of educational policies in New York. Well, that's great to know that we have such a, a voice now in ECB. And I, I think that makes all of us very proud that we can contribute to that group. It's a pretty much a powerhouse when it comes to advocacy in, in the state of New York. So, you know, you're, you're working with all these politicians and these different governmental agencies. How do you disseminate this information that you get from these groups back to the membership of ASBO so they know what's going on and they have a kind of a pulse on what's happening? There are a number of ways. We're always trying to find new ones. We obviously use email regularly. So you get state updates, news wires, our regular roundup of news. Rebecca Sheehan is our uh, professional um, development uh, coordinator or manager. And she's uh, fantastic at scheduling both the big conferences we do, but a lot of hard hit, like timely webinars. But we're always looking for new ways of getting the information out there. Uh, and also providing context with that. So when there's, you know, obviously when the budget comes out or there's new, where there's the runs or if there's a policy proposed, trying to contextualize, well, what is the impact for these kinds of school districts and these kinds of, kinds of school districts? Because for very understandable reasons, every SBO is sort of internally focused on their own district. And our job is to understand and advocate for all of them. So there are some policies that you know have differential impacts, and we're always trying to work to uh, understand the degree of the, that those exist and how we can um, best communicate with districts that are affected, but also with policy, and then turn around to get to policymakers. So I guess you guys do so much, and this is why we bring it to light, and I, I really appreciate you guys coming on again. And really breaking it down, right? You know, the different pieces, different aspects, and letting us know how you really advocate for us through Asthma New York. Like, you know, I guess, well, what do you also enjoy the most about it? And what makes this really so special and important? And, you know, maybe there's a, a recent success story you guys can share, anything like that, that, that our listeners can can feed off of. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy you know, seeing tangible results, you know, seeing the, the results of all of the meetings, all the, the advocacy efforts, all of the, the letter writing, the petitions, the, you know, calls to action sent to the members. And I think that the, the easiest and, you know, most impactful win that we've gotten, or it wasn't the easiest, but the, the easiest to highlight is the, the foundation increase the commitment to fully funding foundation aid. I think that's going to be transformational for uh, a lot of school districts throughout the state. And after so many years of fighting to to get that uh, formula fully funded, you know, Governor Hochul has announced that by next year, school districts will see their entire foundation aid. And it, it's hard it. to overstate, <laughs> uh, you know, how big that is. No, it's huge. I believe it. I think you're not to jump in there, but I saw our run last last night and I was like, wow, we got half, like they said, half of, you know, the underfunded amount. And. You guys, I remember having a webinar, breaking it down, letting us know like how we could figure out what we had left. And this is right on point. It's good for planning too, right? You know, for us, that's paramount 
to have these budgets and to be able to plan accordingly. So it's great. Yeah, and I think the, the consistency has really kind of paid off here and especially this budget year. I mean, ever since I've been a business official, it's either been, you know, GEA or struggling and grappling with the governor's office and division of budget, but it finally this year feels like all of that hard work has paid off. So can you maybe share how if somebody in the ASMO membership is interested in getting more involved with government relations, what can they do to help contribute to kind of keep pushing forward? Yeah, there's two, there's, there's two ways. One is advocacy, and I'll let Tom talk about that in a moment. But one is sharing with us ideas, issues, any because that's where a lot of our uh, work comes from, right? You, you are in the actual field. You're doing the work, and we want to hear from you what issues you're facing. All right, so, for example, years it's been years that we've been hearing about there's a transportation shortage coming, right? And so we, we were with that proactive. We had a big event four years ago now, I think talking about the, the coming transportation crisis. We need to ad address it. We need to have policymakers on the page. And now we come back from the pandemic and it's very clear that everyone is recognizing that this has happened. But hearing about it from members helped us sort of get out in front of that. So one thing that members can do is let us know when there is an issue they're facing. And then in terms of actual advocacy, I will turn that over to Tom. Yeah. I mean, sharing, sharing that, you know, those ideas, those, those issues that you're facing is, uh, is definitely huge. And, and those conversations actually can lead into, you know, the advocacy, because if you have, if you're facing an issue, a, a local issue or, or something that may be impacting districts statewide, we can use that to schedule a meeting with your local legislator, develop that relationship and, and have those conversations at the state level, which can, you know, it could help school districts throughout the state. Other ways to, to get involved. We have a government relations committee, which is made of members, where you know we have regular meetings and, and we discuss a lot of legislation, as well as set our agendas, set our state aid proposal. All of our stuff kind of goes through that committee before it becomes you know the position of ASBO. Yeah, up to lobby day, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And they're they're involved in in the lobby day. But you know, especially as a lot of legislators move to virtual meetings, I do want to say that if you want to meet with your legislators um, and you're not part of the government relations committee, that's OK. You know, we can set up a meeting with you and your your local legislator. Thanks. We'll be happy to facilitate that. And I think, you know, the importance of of those meetings can't be can't be undersold. Yeah. And, you know, I have another question for you, too, in terms of the overall budgeting development this year at the state level. So, Tom, you had mentioned earlier, this is kind of first of its kind in recent history where it's just not this constant struggle. So in years past, usually the governor's office comes out with the executive budget that's on the lower end. The legislation comes out with a budget that's on the higher end, and then we meet somewhere in the middle. Do you kind of see that formula playing out again this year, or is it because the governor's office has come out much stronger than it has typically? Are we not going to expect any really you know, any more increases, I guess, over than what we've had right now. Yeah. So let me, you know, preface everything I say right here with it's speculation. And I have, you know, yeah, from the conversations that I've had with, with people in the, the sector, I do think that we'll see some changes in the budget, obviously, as the legislature has their, you know, say in this, but the, the overall dynamic between the legislature and Governor Hochul has changed pretty dramatically, I think, where there used to be a lot of 
conflict and, you know, kind of horse trading on policy items. I truly think that it's going to be a more collaborative and, you know, amicable process this year. You know, the governor clearly talked to the legislature prior to making the nicer settlement public. So there's been some informal agreements heading into the the budget season. And even, you know, symbolically, the governor returned to the assembly floor to give the state of the state. That's something that uh, former Governor Cuomo hadn't done during his tenure. He had taken that, you know, traditional location for the annual event and brought yeah, it outside to, yeah. you know, either the convention center or the egg or, or somewhere else. And I, I think that moving it back to the assembly speaks volumes to that relationship. Mm. Well, I think you're right. I think that her agenda, her platform, everything really benefits us amongst many New Yorkers, but especially within schools and just the transparency, right? And the credence of just her, you know, the credibility of following suit, right? To to your word, what you say is going to occur, you know, and holding holding firm to that. So this is great. Well, Andrew, Tom, I, I got to say, gentlemen, this is really awesome. And, you know, our listeners really appreciate this. So having said that, we always do kind of do open it up where we ask individuals if they have anything to add or anything you may want to share before you wrap up. But other than that, I really, really am grateful for you guys coming on. I just want to add, building up what Tom just said, it's striking to me that even pre-pandemic, you know, the executive budgets, so this time of year, before the pandemic, we would have the executive budget come out and we would be scrambling to understand, you know, proposed cuts. That's to true. Expense-based <laughs> aid. And I, and I think about, because one of the things we always try to say is that our members, you know, predictability is very important, right? So knowing that's why that, that's why the runs are so important because it's what you're building your budget on and being able to, I think, have a good sense of what is, in the ballpark of your increase for next year and being able to focus on that rather than trying to identify and understand, well, what would it mean if this happens and this happens and this happens when, again, we have to focus on those, but they're also not likely to happen. It just feels more productive. Yeah. What, what are you guys going to do with all your free time now? I mean, you're not you know, scrambling, trying to dissect policy. <laughs> well, there, there's still a few things that we do need to, <laughs> to dive in, kidding. but you know, it's nice to know that that time probably won't be wasted. Right. As right. Andrew said, there was a lot of changes that the governor had proposed each year in previous years that really had no chance of making it into the final budget. So we certainly will have a little. That was so tricky, right? Yeah. I mean, putting in the CARES Act and UPK and all kinds. Of, I mean, yeah. what was, yeah. gosh. What we're doing in their free time is actually new programming as well. And this builds on a lot of the questions you've asked is we have a, a new workshop genuinely excited about because it is unlike anything we've offered about building oh, your, awesome. your district's budget. And it, it is a through line from a lot of the things we've talked about today. So there is going to be mm. a, a truly uh, deep dive into state aid and foundation aid to better understand how they work at the state level, as well as nice. really unpack what's happening with your district and your neighboring districts. Because those are the questions we get regularly, right? This district, you know, my neighbor's a lot like me, but I get this aid, they get this aid, what's going on? And so being able to not just fully understand that for yourself, but communicate with that, with the community or your board or your superintendent, but we'll also have sessions, Tom's going to do some stuff on government relations and advocacy. So if this is all intrigued, you would, you know, sign up for this new uh, building your workshop we have. It's February 10th and March 3rd. It's a two-day virtual event that uh, 
I think is very promising. I think this is the avenue we're, we're trying to go with is, is get these better professional development opportunities out there. So yeah, I'm very excited for that too. Content. Yeah, that's, I'm going to be actually be on the panel with my board president on that. So that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Smooth stuff. Well, this is great. I mean, John, we can ask for anything more, right? Yeah. We got a tag team duo right here. Super uber excited about this new workshop too. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, oh, and so when can uh, when can the membership expect kind of your initial analysis of all of the state financials? We have not scheduled it yet, but <clears throat> I would anticipate next week we will have um, likely. Of course, you guys are uh, on it. Yeah. Multiple, <laughs> multiple forms of presenting stuff to people. Awesome. Awesome. Smooth, yeah. smooth. Well, great, guys. Thanks again. We're good to get back to the busyness and season that you guys really bring into the membership. So have a great Great, great day and the rest of your week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to our interview with yes. Andrew and Tom of Asbo, New York. I think that conversation really was a good precursor to what we can expect for the remainder of the budget season. And I know they're going to be coming out with an analysis and some webinars in the next week or so. Absolutely. I know for me it resonated, and I'm sure it will for you all. Uh, so thank you for your continued listening. And we're, we're excited as ever. This is just being the start of the year, right? January, having these few episodes in now. Yeah. Uh, we do have a great slate for this first quarter. So stay tuned because there are going to be a lot of things that we're going to have on more guests, not just our peers, but more like this, as well as key vendors. And, and pretty much I want to call them allies, you know, or, or friends of SBOs. They really help us and, and beneficial to our job. So having said that, this is Jack Mitchell on with John Picado, and we're signing off SPO Perspectives. We'll see you Thanks, next everyone. Week.